Hi, everybody, and welcome back to Phil at the Movies. I am your host, Phil Walsh, and you are listening to episode number 14 of this ongoing podcast series dedicated to the movies, the good, the bad, everything in between. I talk about it all here on this show, or at least I hope to. And uh, I've got, a, as promised, a trio of reviews for you today, all recently released movies ranging from Elvis, Thor, Love, and Thunder, and The Black Phone. And I am very excited to share with you my thoughts. But uh, as always, at the top of the show, before I dive into the main event, just a little bit of housekeeping. As always, thank you to you, the listeners, for your continued support of this podcast series. Uh, it really means a lot to me, your feedback and just overall warm response. Uh, and it, it just makes it all that more worthwhile uh, to have the engagement with you, the listeners. So, again, I thank you, and uh, please uh, please keep up the great support. I really appreciate it. Um, as always, if you have not done so already, and if you are a new listener, first welcome, and uh, please hit that subscribe button. And uh, as I always say, if if you enjoyed this podcast and you know someone that uh, is a movie buff who enjoys listening to a fellow movie buff go on uh, with passionate monologues and at times fun discussions on the movies, then I encourage you to share this podcast with them and uh, have them give it a listen. Um, with that, diving into today's main event. And, and first off, let me just say, what a year it has been for movies. Uh, would you not agree? Uh, what a year. What a year. Uh, I can remember back, God, seems like yesterday, but it was you know probably six, maybe ten months ago. Certainly uh, two years ago this time, during the height of the pandemic, uh, many, many folks, uh, critics on Twitter, uh, the professional uh, doom and gloom enthusiast, were forecasting the end of the theatrical experience, that somehow because of the disruptions brought on by the pandemic and just overall trends, movie theaters were going to be a, a thing in the past, the theatrical experience was going to be no more, streaming and day of releases were going to be the norm. And we certainly saw that through 2021. And I can remember uh, just off the top of my head, Halloween Kills, when that came out in October of last year, that was a, it was simultaneously released in theaters, but with a dated uh, day of release on on Peacock, and I, I watched it um, uh, at home. You know, again, it was sort of in the midst of uh, you know COVID surge, and you know, most of the theaters around me were were either not opened or, or were at really uh, strict uh, capacity issues still. Um, so I, I didn't uh, go uh, to the theater. Uh, until actually this uh, started this year, but um, I have to say it was uh, not not a fun experience. I mean, again, put aside the movie uh, itself, there is nothing like going to a theater and sitting there in the dark. You don't have distractions. You don't have to worry about your phone going off. Uh, you can just sit there, turn everything off, and watch the movie. You're transported to that world and. This year, 2022, has shown the great resurgence that I think was always going to happen because, I'll be honest, I never bought into the idea that movie theaters and the theatrical experience were going to become some antiquated, 
oh, wasn't that a great time uh, uh, thing. It was, it, you know, I, I just never bought into that. Um, but it's it's certainly great to see what has happened this year. I mean, first off, the movies that have come out, phenomenal. I mean, it has been a banger here for movies, but I mean, certainly more on that later. But just to see that theaters have come back, that they are thriving. I mean, I think it probably started um, uh, at the earliest with, with Spider-Man No Way Home last December. That was kind of the big resurgence of the theatrical experience. And it has just continued through uh, this year up into the present day, a record upon record being made. And it just shows that I think people like the experience. Uh, you can have the best theatrical, uh, uh, you know, home theater in your house, and, and you can spend all this money to have the perfect surround sound and, and giant screen. But I will tell you, nothing beats going to a theater, sitting there, getting your popcorn, getting your drink, and watching the movie, watching the story unfold. Again, no distractions, nothing to take you out of the story. It's just you watching what's going on on screen. And frankly, that's that's part of the experience. That's That's movie magic is to see this great story told on this larger-than-life screen, uh, you can't replicate that uh, at home. You can't replicate that even with the home video experience. And so I'm glad to see that theaters are back. Records are being made again and again. Uh, Top Gun Maverick is uh, one of the highest-grossing, or I think right now it is the highest-grossing, excuse me, it is the highest-grossing movie of the year domestically. And uh, there's a there's a case to be made that it may be the number one movie by the end of the year, even with Avatar 2 coming out in December, but uh, we shall see. I, I mean, my money, I think, is on Top Gun uh, Maverick because I think that is that is the movie that I don't think anybody saw becoming the hit uh, that it has become. And, and, I, and I, I speak for myself right there. I did not think in my wildest dreams that Top Gun Maverick, a sequel to a movie made... 30 plus years ago was going to become this mega, mega hit. But again, some movies just click and resonate uh, with audiences. And again, timing can be, can be another, another factor, but certainly uh, with, with the success of, of Top Gun and just all the movies uh, of this year, you know, big, small, medium size uh, budgets, you know, kind of everything in between, Movies are back, the theatrical experience is back, and I couldn't be happier because I think so long as that remains a part of, of, of the movie experience, uh, it, it's a good thing because, like I said, you can have the best system in the world, the best uh, home, home video system, and nothing nothing compares to going to the theater and watching a movie on the big screen. That is where the magic happens, in my humble opinion. All right, so there's my kind of little, my little opening, uh, opening rant, so to speak. But uh, now, now on to the main event today, which is, uh, which are three recently released films, uh, which are all doing uh, extraordinarily well at the box office. But uh, in addition to their their financial uh, success, these are really well made and engaging movies, and frankly, some of the best movies of the year. Uh, insofar as I'm concerned. And like I said, the, I've seen three of the uh, kind of recently uh, released uh, hits, if you will. And uh, that, you know, f- first one was Elvis, uh, then Thor, Love and Thunder, and then, uh, of course, uh, The Black Phone. Uh, but I'll start for first with Elvis. Um, 
you know, this was a movie that I thought, okay, it'll probably do all right. It, you know, it, it's it looked interesting. That you know, the trailers were very were very well done, and it, and it, it definitely uh, had a had a strong hook uh, because Austin Butler's performance that you, is teased in the uh, trailers and, and and marketing, you know, really sells the movie. And so you kind of all right, let's let's see what this guy uh, has in store with Elvis. Well. Let me just say, for those of you who have not seen it, and, and I don't really think there's any need to put out a spoiler uh, warning at, at this juncture because this is a movie based on uh, a, 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 you know, a real person and, 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 and real events, so uh, I think it kind of goes without saying, you know, uh, there's no need for a spoiler. But um, in any event, let me just say, the hype for this movie is legit. I mean, it, it is really that good. I went into it expecting it to be a, a decent movie. Again, I, I like Elvis's music. I mean, I've always you know considered myself a fan of of, of Elvis Presley. So I, I was I was hooked in that sense. And and again, you, you you know the buzz was was good around Austin Butler and his performance. Well, I mean, everything that people has have said about this movie, all the hype, all the praise, it is there. And then some. Dear God, Austin Butler, not only is this a career-defining performance, or frankly, a a career-making performance, but in the two and a half hours or or so, he embodied Elvis Presley, okay? And I know people at first like, oh, he, he doesn't really look like... Elvis and well that that's that's not the point. I mean frankly I, there were points during the movie I you know had to kind of do a double take like well who said Elvis like it was just it was that convincing in terms of the way uh he was presented on screen but that's that's kind of an aside because you know in this case looks are not are not are not everything appearance is not everything it's the the performance the actual you know characteristics the the person that was Elvis Presley it was right there on screen, and I, I mean, I'll admit it. I believed he was Elvis. I mean, that's like sometimes when you go and watch a, um, you know, a, a biopic, and you have someone playing a, a famous person, um, you're, you're you're kind of half there, half not, because you know it's a movie based on on real events that you know you either heard of or, or know, uh, so, you know, have some uh, grasp on. And so that you're kind of like half in the movie world, half you know in in kind of quote unquote reality, and and I was sort of you know iffy how I how I felt about how this movie would go because I was like oh you know it's you know Rocket Man kind of came to mind immediately which you know while it was a was a great a great performance um, but it, you know it was one of those movies where like I I never thought it was like okay I'm watching Elton John on screen I thought oh it's, you know it's a good movie it's a good performance. Um, by Taryn, uh, but you know, it's like, oh, it's you know, it's it's it's. I I wasn't, I I wasn't necessarily uh, transfixed. I guess is probably the way to to put it. And I mean, I, I will tell you, what came to mind uh, when I was watching this when I when I was watching this movie was that not only is this a a kind of like career-making performance, all right? But but this is telling a story of of really epic proportions. 
All right. Again, Elvis's story is kind of out there in the ether. People people know about it, or have some you know basic uh, grasp on on the on the details. Well, all of that is there. The story of of his life is you know kind of his meteoric rise and then his his tragic his tragic end. It's all there, but it is presented in a way that almost feels like an unfiltered vantage into into his life and and really his perspective i mean not only did this feel like you know the camera was you know quote unquote on uh austin butler as elvis but in many ways it almost felt like the camera was looking out like you were getting the true you know if i can put it that way the, the point of view of of elvis and and again i think that really has to go back to to, to to Butler. I mean, he carries this movie. He has such grace and charm and 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 wit and just the mannerisms. You you, you believe that he is this person. And, and you know, the only other performance of this you know kind of of kind of magnitude um, that that came to mind. And it's sort of a strange comparison, but it's it, it's what you know. It's the only thing I could think of. You know, upon leaving the theater. Uh, was Daniel Day-Lewis uh, as Abraham Lincoln. Now, again, none of us saw Abraham Lincoln in real life. We only know about him from from history books. But, you know, it, I had the same kind of gut reaction watching uh, Butler as I did uh, with, with Daniel Day-Lewis in Lincoln. That, like, you know, you weren't watching an actor play a historical figure uh, or, or, a, or a pop culture uh, phenomenon. You were watching that person. You know, what I mean, like like that. It, it was just such a, a transformational performance. And again, it's you know, again, night and day in terms of the, the the stories and times and and place. But it was that was the immediate reaction I had. I was like, wow, this is this is like when I watched Lincoln with Daniel Day Lewis. Just a totally engrossing, all encompassing performance uh, by an actor who who. Again, is not playing the character, but truly becoming and embodying that character. They are that character, or are that that person, and it really, it's just a, it's just a marvelous, a marvelous accomplishment. And and again, I I don't want to, um, uh, uh, you know, dismiss uh, Tom Hanks, uh, who uh, who plays uh, Colonel Tom Parker, because um, I, I don't think he gets enough. Uh, enough praise for for what he did in the movie um again you know it's not i wouldn't say you know it's kind of on the same uh you know scale as as butler uh, as elvis but 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 hanks i think really in you know uh, you know certainly he looked like colonel tom parker uh just through through the design and through the makeup but i thought that it really did a great uh, job at portraying him uh in, in i don't know if sympathetic light is the best term to use, but you really got the psychology of this of this man who was extremely complicated. And I mean, I think there is this this nature to to portray him uh, in the context of history as, as kind of a villain. And and certainly he was an it was a very um, uh, you know, kind of I would say unprincipled uh, 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 individual. You know, really. Almost, uh, almost, uh, you know, you know, bare knuckled brawler in some cases, but 
uh, you know, Tom Hanks manages to, to to kind of peer, you know, peel back the curtain and and give us an idea of who this guy uh, was and and his relationship uh, to Elvis Presley. Uh, you know, again, it's not a very, it's not black and white, and I think you know, kind of the perception, at least you know, I I definitely you know had the uh, uh, the perception of it, of it kind of being a black and white situation where where uh, the colonel was this you know, domineering uh, archetypal villain in Elvis's life, and 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 it really it isn't that straightforward. And I thought the movie did a, did a really nice job at kind of highlighting uh, that 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 difference that I think is often lost in the historical context. But um, you know, but you know, just just back to Butler because I, I mean, th- this is his movie. I mean, man, th- this this is going to get him nominated for. For everything, I I will be shocked if he does not win everything, and and I, and I mean that because he deserves it. He really deserves to win all the awards. His performance is that good. It's sensational. Like I said, it, it's career making, career defining. I mean, this will be in the context of of the biopic genre. This would be kind of the the gold standard. I, I really think folks will look back and say, "This is how you do a good biopic on a a, a kind of a pop cultural icon like Elvis Presley." Yeah, th- this is the formula. This is the template. Um, but I mean, my God, th- this is Elvis is one of the best. It's one of the best movies uh, of the year, and and it's just an it's just an outright captivating performance that I mean I'm still I'm still thinking of uh still thinking about it it really it really stays with you and and that is a testament to to uh to to Austin Butler who just gives his all uh with this movie and you know never phones it in I mean not not that you would ever think you know that would happen but like it 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 is just it's that good that's all I can really say it is that good and I highly Highly recommend you you check it out if you've had not, if you have not done so because it is it, it is worth uh, it, it it matches the hype I guess that's the best way to put it it lives up and exceeds the hype surrounding this movie um, so there's that there's there's my first take on uh, one of the recently released movies that uh, is still doing quite well um, at the box office and and I expect it will. It will continue to do well, and and um, and and hopefully will be a, a strong contender uh, come award season uh, later this year. But uh, another movie uh, that I wanted to uh, to hit up uh, next on the uh, next on the roster. Kind of, I'm, I'm taking care of business today, doing doing three at once. <laughs> um, so uh, bear with me. Um, uh, now I I will put out a spoiler uh, disclaimer for for those of you who have not seen. Uh, Thor: Love and Thunder yet uh, the latest entry in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, uh, the fourth uh, solo outing for Thor, uh, played by the great Chris Hemsworth, uh, featuring uh, the return of Natalie Portman as Jane Foster, and uh, also bringing uh, Christian Bale into the MCU uh, as the uh, villainous Gore. So uh, now, spoiler warning is up. Uh, please uh, be. Yeah, you, you've been, you've been informed. Um, if you have not seen it now, now would be a good time to to turn off the podcast and circle back after you've seen the movie. Um, but I'll, I'll dive right into it because it it is it is out there, uh, kind of in the uh, in the zeitgeist, and it's definitely 
Uh, it's definitely a divisive movie. And I will just, I'll start off by saying I, I, I did not find it to be divisive. I did not find it to be polarizing, though I understand the criticisms. Um, because this movie continues the trend of mixing up the tone uh, in the MCU. The, the, this, is, this has kind of been the, the MO uh, as of late, and we saw this with Multiverse of Madness, which uh, was directed by Sam Raimi and, and really a, a Raimi film. It really took cues from, from horror movies and a lot of the work that, that Raimi has, has done over the, year, over the years and kind of compiled it, mashed it together into a, into a Marvel movie. And again, it was uh, you know, maybe not you know quite as polarizing as, as Thor: Love and Thunder is, but it, they were definitely their uh, detractors uh, for for Multiverse of Madness. And you know now Thor: Love and Thunder comes along, and it, you know it's mixing up uh, you know the 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 genre, so to speak. Uh, if if Multiverse of Madness uh, drew heavily from from horror movies and and psychological thrillers, then uh, Thor is definitely drawing from uh, the kind of rom-com action-adventure movie of of the 1980s, and I mean, I'll I'll just say it. I think that that's what's giving people uh, uh, MCU indigestion, <laughs> if you will, uh, because I, again, I did not have a problem with the tone. I thought the tone, uh, and frankly, I thought the movie overall was a win. Um, Phase Ford has been all about kind of artistic license when it comes to the director. And, you know, for some people, they want that. Myself, I like when a director is able to to put their signature on a project, particularly a project uh, like this, you know, in a franchise that is so uh, well-known and, and, and renowned. I think it's great when you can, when you can break up the formula. I liked that with... Uh, multiverse of madness. I loved that in in Thor. I, I think that is. I think that's essential. I really think you can't go with the same uh, cookie cutter formula again and again and again because it, it it gets boring. I mean, and and again, that's coming from this observer. Now, on the flip side, not everybody wants sort of mixing mixes uh, mixing up the tones and and trying new things like you know. I think there's a large percentage of of people who, when they go see a Marvel movie, they expect certain boxes to be checked. They expect a certain experience, and I think that is what's what's kind of creating the the division right now with Thor: Love and Thunder is because the the tone is all over the place, and you know, again, there's there's a lot of humor in it. Some people have, have said too much. I, I did not have an issue with it. Um, because again, I, you know, I went into this kind of thinking, all right, it's going to be action adventure, a little bit of, of, of romance sprinkled in and, and a lot of comedy. So, I mean, like I kind of, you know, kept my, and I want to say, you know, I guess I kept my expectations, uh, pretty much in line, but I mean, I mean, I wasn't expecting it to be this, you know, totally radical, um, kind of radical departure. I figured, all right, you know, it's in the same vein as, Thor Ragnarok, and it'll just be kind of maybe kicked up a notch, and and that's that's pretty much how I I felt while I was watching it, and 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 afterwards, you know, it's, I said it's, you know it's a it's a fun movie, it's a fun summer 
blockbuster popcorn superhero movie. Um, you know that like that that's in the 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 tradition of you know something that would have come out in the nineteen eighties. You know, like with with sort of a you know modern uh, modern influence. Uh, but you know, for some, you know, it's a little, it's a little all, you know, it's a little bit too much. You know, I mean, and and I and I get that. I get that. You know, some some folks might have pre- preferred uh, less comedy, uh, more emphasis on on Gore and and his development. Um, I mean, I, I mean, I will say as a as a as a criticism, uh, I did I did feel Christian Bale. Uh, was underutilized in the movie. I would have liked to have seen his character expanded more than than just the scenes that we saw him in, because every scene that he's in, he, he owns. I mean, it's Christian Bale. I mean, need I say more? But I would have liked to have seen uh, his character fleshed out j- just a little bit uh, more, so we could have some some context for for the character's motivations. Uh, because I again, I. Uh, you know, don't profess to be an expert on on Thor and 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 his comics or any uh, of the characters in that world. Um, so I mean, a little more background, a little more information might have might have gone a long way. Um, and, and the same goes for kind of the you know the story elements involving uh, Jane Foster, who uh, in the movie is is battling cancer, and it's it's very it's you know, it's in stage four, and it's not it's not good. And so part of what she's um, you know, doing it, she's like kind of like, you know, embracing the the, the power of Thor to see if that can uh, you know, help her beat the cancer. And um, you know, I th- again, might have been helpful to have that fleshed out just a little bit more, just to kind of give the story a little more emotional weight. But I mean, again, these are these are minor minor criticisms uh, in in my eyes. I I personally thought, you know, while the movie you know, is lighthearted and at times, you know, doesn't take itself too, too seriously. Um, you know, I, I, I did feel that when there were those emotional moments and those, uh, you know, really, uh, powerful sentimental moments, it, it really delivers. I mean, the, the, the ending scene, uh, when, uh, when Thor is, is, you know, trying to stop Gore from, um, you know, going to eternity and 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 you know destroying all all of all of the gods in the universe um you know it's it's a really you know kind of tragic scene because you know you have you know thor is is kind of appealing to whatever humanity uh is in is in uh gore and and ultimately you know he uh he makes the decision not to to destroy all the gods but uh you know to to bring his to bring his daughter back, and um, you know, it's yeah, it, it's just a poignant scene because you then encompass it with uh, Natalie Portman's character, who who kind of gives the ultimate sacrifice in in the fight to to stop Gore. Um, you know, it it ends up you know costing her her life because her health is in such in such jeopardy. And you know, it's it, it's you know Hemsworth and Portman just just hit all the right notes. Um, in that scene because you know one of the knocks on on Thor um that I have seen over the years is that he's always trying to find himself he's always on a on an identity uh search you know in the midst of a a midlife crisis so to speak uh I really felt he he came into his own in this movie he really 
uh, he really felt I, I I felt like the character had 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 grown leaps and bounds um, compared to um, you know the you know the previous uh, movies that he's been in. I thought this really kind of took all the best parts from from Thor, Thor: The Dark World, Thor, uh, Thor Ragnarok. Uh, what went on in the Avenger movies and kind of, you know, brought everything together and presented the character as, as, as really human as someone who, despite his, his godly nature and, and all these, these superhuman powers, I, I felt this movie really got down to, to Thor, the man Thor, uh, kind of the, you know, just the individual who is trying to find his place in the world is looking for you know for for purpose is looking for for love is looking for acceptance and 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 ultimately you know it's he he goes on that journey and it's through reconnection and 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 discovery of of old friends and, and in this case an old flame that that he is able to complete that that journey so to speak i i i was surprised honestly at how much heart this movie had um again it's it's an action adventure rom-com um but i i really liked uh how there was this this you know beautiful uh love story i guess you could say uh between between thor and, and jane and it really is is the heart of the movie uh their their sort of you know their feelings for each other uh, have have never gone away and and ultimately, you know, they're kind of you know bonded together again uh, through their through their journal uh, through their journey, and and ultimately, you know, kind of you know because obviously she you know she you know sacrifices herself and ultimately uh, passes away uh, because of her illness. You know, Thor is able to be at peace uh, with it and 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 have some uh, closure to that relationship in his life. Uh, I, I know, I, I, I know a lot of people are sort of, you know, feeling very mixed on, Oh, this is, you know, this is too cheesy or it's, it's not serious enough. I, I thought it was just the right, right amount of balance. I really did. I thought it was just the right amount of humor, just the right amount of, of, um, emotion. And it, it just made for just a, just a fun, you know, a fun popcorn film. It really, it really did. Like it was a, it, it was a fun popcorn film with heart, and and I'm all about that, honestly. Uh, it was just, which is perfect. I mean, everybody in the cast was fantastic. I mean, Chris Hemsworth is the one and only Thor, and like I said, I I think this was his best performance uh, in the role in all the movies he's done. I really felt like you know he balanced the comedy, he balanced the seriousness, and and really got to the heart of what makes this character tick you know who is thor uh and that i i felt like i had a much better uh a much better love and appreciation for this character than i did going into the movie uh i i really thought this this movie kind of tied everything that that has been going on behind uh the scenes and kind of throughout the other movies brought it all to a nice uh conclusion for this round uh, i don't I, I expect thor will be back in some form uh or another down the road and i look uh i look for a thorward i'm sorry <laughs> i i look forward uh to that to that happening but um 
I mean, Natalie Portman, what can I say? Uh, it was great to have her back. She makes a triumphant return. And and when she's on screen, I mean, she just has such a presence that you, know, you can't help uh, but, 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 but watch what she's doing. She's just a phenomenal actress. And this was a great movie. To have her in, I thought it was a nice closure for, for the Jane Foster character uh, and kind of a nice uh, final uh, final movie for, for Natalie Portman uh, to be in uh, with the MCU. Uh, really, really well done. And, of course, lastly, you know, Christian Bale. And, and like I said, I would have loved to have seen more of him in the movie. I, I, I did feel at points he was a little under underutilized, but, I mean, when he's in, man, is he in. Good God. Christian Bale, he's another one. Never phones in a performance, and... It's just wonderful to see him play the villain again. So used to seeing him, him uh, as Batman, and now to have him play uh, are just a really, a really terrifying and and frankly calculating villain. Who's again, he's not a one note character. Uh, again, I, Gore, I, I I felt was one of the better MCU villains out there. I mean, right up there with with Thanos, as far as I'm concerned, in terms of complex motivations and and just you know, scene stealing uh ability. I mean, Christian Bale never never gives a bad performance, uh, in in my mind and, and he just he just kills it in every single moment uh that he's in. And you know, he managed to managed to make a you know, what what could have been a, a one note villain very, very compelling and just just transfixing every time he is on on the scene or on the screen. Um, but I mean, overall, I have to say, I I loved it. I, I would recommend anyone who I mean, who you know, even if you're a casual viewer, I would say see it because you know it, it's it's a fun movie. It, it doesn't rely on much of the established MCU uh, continuity. I mean, it's it's one of those movies where yes, it picks up the threads from where we last saw Thor at the end of Endgame. Uh, you know, by the way, great. Uh, cameo appearance by the Guardians of the Galaxy uh, at the start, but um, no, I, I it doesn't rely heavily on on much of the uh, established canon. It really acts as a nice solo contained story, which I appreciated. Uh, I, I I'm a little tired of this kind of endless world building. Okay, what's going to happen in the next five movies based off of this one scene? Like this movie felt strictly a Thor movie from beginning to end. And, and and that was great. That was kind of a nice change of pace. I know it's, again, not going to be for everyone, and it is definitely uh, definitely divisive. Um, you know, certainly the reactions on Twitter have been interesting. But, I mean, again, Twitter is not real life. Um, and the movie made a huge... Uh, made a huge showing at the uh, at the box office last weekend. Um, I expect it will continue to do so this coming weekend and and for uh, for weeks ahead. It's a it's a fun movie. I found it to be very very watchable. The audience uh, loved it. I mean they they were they were into it. You know the jokes, the humor, the action. It was great. I mean people were applauding at the end of the movie. So I I, I think. I think it's going to do well. It's going to continue to do well. And again, you know, while while it's not a a perfect movie by any stretch of the imagination, uh, stretch of the imagination, not that you know necessarily there is, uh, you know, kind of a straight uh, formula for uh, making a perfect movie. It is complicated. Uh, but I, I enjoyed it. I, I I thought it was fun, and I I can't wait to go see it again. It, it really it really held my interest, and you know, it had a key ingredient that. 
any summer superhero movie uh, should have, and that's Charm. It was a charming movie. It was charming to look at. The characters were were, were, were charming. It just had that 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 wow, that X factor that is that is sometimes missing. And and kind of comparing it to Multiverse of Madness, which you know it was you know I enjoyed it, but you know it was sort of a you know mixed bag um, uh, overall. I I preferred this. Uh, to Multiverse of Madness. I really thought this was was a better movie. It was a more uh accessible movie and, and just a and just a better a better time overall. Uh you know from from A to Z. So uh I I I say see it. I say see it uh at least twice because it does it does get does get even better uh upon upon repeat viewings. Um and and I can attest that from personal experience that uh you know if you were if you were you know say you know unsure or mixed uh after leaving the first round definitely go see it again because uh it it really it you know you, you see things it enhances it and and it's just a it's just a fun time so uh that's my those are my thoughts on on Thor Love and Thunder uh last but certainly not least uh the black phone and I have to first say, this has been a banger year for horror movies. I mean, Scream, Fresh, X, now The Black Phone. I mean, it's, it's just been a it's just been a great year for horror movies. Uh, you know, in addition to being a great year for movies in general, and and you know, just a little under halfway through the year with many many more movies. Uh, still to come. I'm looking right at you. Uh, Halloween ends uh, in October. Can't wait to see the final outing, uh, or this this iteration's outing of of Laurie and, and Michael Myers. But uh, more on that, more on that uh, in in future episodes. But the Black Phone. I was excited about this movie the very first time I saw the teaser trailer. It, it just it, you know I, I talked about that X factor. It it has it had that that component. It was it it hooks you from the moment you see you see Ethan Hawke in his his mask as the grabber. Right away, you're getting creepy boogeyman uh, killer vibes, and then you throw in um, Scott Derrickson uh, who did Sinister. He also did interesting uh, uh, interesting enough. Uh, the first Doctor Strange movie, uh, and actually was going to do Multiverse of Madness, uh, but but ultimately left the project. And and I have to say, I'm, I'm glad that he did because the result was the Black Phone. And you know, for a a small budget movie, I mean, not only is it doing great at the box office, but it it's it, it is a perfect horror movie. It's one of the best horror slash movies I've seen this year and and frankly one of the best horror movies in recent memory and, and like I, I felt like I was I was just saying that a few months ago with X I, I thought this was better than X I, I have to say this movie will be an it, it already is a classic and it will it will grow in its uh, stature uh, for years to come, the grabber is a is an iconic slasher monster, whatever you want to call him, in the making. I mean, I mean, 
I would put the grabber right alongside the greats, Jason, Freddie, Michael. I mean, th- this talk about a character that that will be uh, here for you know, for generations uh, to come. And, and I am this is not hyperbole when I say this. I I freaking loved this movie. I, I would I would have to say this was honestly of of the three movies I have seen recently. I have to say this one takes the top shelf. And again, it's not to to, to diminish Elvis or uh, Thor. I I just really loved everything about this movie. Uh, the score, the cinematography, the setting, the acting. I mean, first off, you know, when you have child actors, it can be it can be, um, it, it can be a, a a roll of the dice, um, you know, because sometimes it can be a little over the top, or it can be, um, you know, kind of you know a mixed bag. The performances in this movie uh, by I want to want to make sure I get their their names because they they were they were just fantastic. Um, you know, Madeline McGraw and Mason Thames, um, who play brother and sisters, uh, brother and sister in this movie. Um, my God. Uh, you know, uh, they, they play Finn and, and Gwen, uh, respectively. I mean, dear God, fantastic performances. And, and again, they are the heart and soul of this movie. And, and I mean, just the range, particularly um, uh, uh, McGraw, who I think was like 12 or 13 years old uh, in this movie. I mean, the emotion that, that she's giving on the screen, like you're feeling it right there. Uh, in the audience, and and you're you're scared for her. You're scared for her brother. So you know, just a quick you know rundown on the plot takes place in the '70s. So you've already got a great aesthetic, which I love. I love when movies go back, uh, especially horror movies, and set it uh, in a in an earlier time. We saw that with X earlier this year, and there's just something about setting uh, a a movie, particularly a a, a horror movie slasher in that in that uh in that time frame it just everything just feels raw everything feels um a little innocent a little naivete it, it's just a perfect uh a perfect setting for these types of of movies so it's in the 70s in this small town and and children are going missing they're being kidnapped by a a, a guy that the police have called or or are calling the grabber who's wearing this mask and he's luring kids in uh, with uh, these black balloons and then uh, stuffing them uh, in the truck and then driving off and then doing uh, God knows what to them. Um, so, you know, this, the, the town is on edge and, and you could really feel with this movie a foreboding sense of just unbelievable dread. I, I, I have to say, absolute nightmare fuel and and I cannot say that enough. I mean, I remember when I got back from this movie, went to a late night showing. I'm sitting there, I I'm lying in bed and it's like 12:51 o'clock and I couldn't sleep. And you know, again, you know, I'm, I'm I'm a grown man. I'm not, you know, I'm not afraid of the monsters under the bed, but like the movie stuck with me. Like it was just like it it, it I I cannot recall in recent years. Uh, a movie making me, uh, you know, having this kind of an impact, you know, really being a scary movie that, that 
that that grabs you while you're in the theater and then stays with you afterwards. That is damn good filmmaking and storytelling, in in my humble opinion. And and frankly, I, I go back to the dread because that is apparent throughout the first half. And and the first half of the movie uh, is really about character. It's really about build up to um, to what's going to happen. You know, you're getting an idea of the family life with with Finn and Gwen and and their alcoholic father. And again, there's sort of this foreboding sense of doom sweeping over the town and then one of Finn's friends ends up going missing or you know gets taken by the grabber and so that kind of drives it and drives it home um and so he's you know on edge it's you know terrifying and kind of as an aside his sister has these unexplained uh, powers where she's having these dreams and she can kind of see the the kids that have been taken by the grabber and she knows kind of what's going on but you know no one really believes her and and her father wants her to stop it because her you know it's established that her mother had the same uh kind of uh kind of a feeling uh but um you know so she's you know she's on edge uh Finn's on edge and then finally one day you know he gets taken by the grabber and he's kept in the basement and again it's just this just the tension the suspense is unbelievable and then kind of the, the main crux of the movie is all the the souls and spirits of, of the dead kids are communicating to to Finn from the from the great beyond and they are trying to help him um escape and try to you know help him fight back against the grabber. And the way they're communicating uh, to him is through a, a phone, a black phone uh, in the basement that's on the wall but is disconnected. Uh, it doesn't work, but it rings, and Finn can hear it, and evidently the grabber can hear it as well, but he kind of dismisses it. And so there is this sort of like, you know, supernatural element going on to the kind of, uh, you know, traditional horror vibe of the movie. And, you know, ultimately, you know, Gwen has these, you know, is having dreams and is trying to, you know, figure out where her brother's being held. And it's just this, oh God, it's just this great, movie of, of just terror and survival and belief and just overcoming overcoming great odds and, and really standing up for yourself because I mean you know Finn is kind of you know he's bullied and you know doesn't have a lot of friends and then you know he's put in this horrible situation and, and again you know through the help of, of, of the spirits uh, of the dead kids he's able to you know marshal his strength and, and fight back against the grabber and ultimately uh, ultimately wins the day. And, and whereas a lot of modern horror movies tend to kind of end on a bleak note or a more ominous note, I, I really liked how this movie has a a happy ending. Like, you know, it's not like, you know, the, you know okay, spoiler alert, you know, again, I'll, I should probably said this at the beginning, but I figured, you know, if you're listening this far, you've probably already seen the movie. But, um, you know, I, I liked how, it, you know, it, it, it ends the movie definitively. You know, it's like, okay, the grabber got away. It isn't a Michael Myers situation. Like, it, 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 it the Finn triumphs, uh, you know, evil is conquered, so to speak. And, and I think that's that was refreshing because so often modern horror movies have kind of a, a downer feel at the very end of the movie. And it was nice to kind of have, you know, the situation where, you know, through the, you know, the power of, you know, belief and, you know, you know, love of brother and sister that, you know, he's ultimately able to, you know, stand up for himself and fight back and, 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 you know, find his way to freedom. Uh, really, really, uh, really, really good stuff. And, you know, just a, 
you know, just a, a, a special, a special little movie that, that is resonating with audiences. I mean, I think we all enjoy a scary movie, but there, there's something about a scary movie that's made well. And and this movie uh, is no exception to that. I mean, I've already talked about just sort of the, you know, the, the look and the, and the feel of the movie, uh, the performances in it, dear God, you know, in addition to, um, to Mason Thames and, uh, and to Madeline McGraw, Na- uh, Ethan Hawke, who plays the grabber, I mean, dear God, talk about a nightmare-inducing uh, fiend. I mean, he brings true menace whenever he is on screen. And, you know, the fact that we never get to see much of his face outside of his eyes and then it kind of, a, you know, it's like the way the mask is, he can, like, take parts of it off so it only shows parts of his face, either his mouth or just his eyes. Mad props to him uh, for having, uh, you know, kind of the, the, the balls, so to speak, as an actor to be saying, okay, I'm going to cover up my face for the movie and, and just let the mask kind of, you know, tell the story. Really, really powerful. Uh, and like I said, even when he's not on screen, you're wondering where the hell he is. Like that that's that's how much power and and sway he has as the character like when he's on screen you're terrified about what's going to happen when he's off screen you're wondering where the hell is he i mean just i i have never had a situation uh and i i've you know i'll, I'll admit it i'll admit it uh, proudly where i have found myself twitching in the movie theater seat and feeling the need to to cover my eyes because i was just so unnerved and and like Again, this wasn't like a, a gross or a a splatter movie. Like it wasn't. It was none of that. But it was just a a, a really suspenseful, thrilling movie that that kept you, you know, to borrow the old cliche, on the edge of your seat from the moment the the the, the movie starts to the to the point where the credits roll. Uh, like I said, this is going to be this is a classic uh, in the making, and I. I freaking love this movie. I mean, it, it it is. It's not only a scary movie, but it is a great movie, and and I love it when when you can get both uh, out of uh, out of a, out of a horror movie. Uh, again, it's not not it doesn't cut corners. It's not it's not a cheap product. You know, very small budget, yes, but it is a masterclass in horror and suspense. And I can't wait. I can't wait to go see it again uh, and again. And frankly. This is one of these movies that I will be buying uh, on Blu-ray when it comes out. I mean, I, I, I'm an advocate for physical media buying it whenever possible um, because you know you have it, you know, have it in your hand. It's there forever. Uh, whereas you know something digital or streaming can go away. This is a movie I would definitely add to my home video collection. This is this is a great new horror movie. I'm glad that it's doing well. I'm I'm ecstatic, frankly, that it's doing well. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's like, it's not a sequel. It's not a, an established franchise. It's a new horror movie. You know, it's based on a short story, uh, by Joe Hill, but I mean, that's it. Like, it's not, you know, Michael Myers again. It's not, you know, some superhero IP or whatever. Like it's a, it's an original movie, non-sequel, and it is doing phenomenal numbers at the box office. Again, showing right then and there. Much like uh, with with X earlier this year, people like original movies. They like original stories, and especially when it comes to horror, you know that's I I think we are we are at that point right now where where 
people definitely will flock to the superhero movie because it is such a big event. Um, you know, people kind of you know ex expect certain things out of it. But but people will also will also go to the theaters in droves for a new horror movie because bottom line we all like to be scared even if we don't want to admit it. There's something fun about having that uh, that controlled fear, if you will, in the theater. At least at least I, I at least I feel that way. Uh, and this movie, you know, just fired on all cylinders. And uh, I mean, damn it! I mean, it's 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 my favorite of the of the recent movies I've seen. And and frankly, I, I I would put it right now in as one of the best movies I've seen this year, and I I think it will continue to hold because it's just it, it's such a it's such a suspenseful, thrilling original movie. And you know I've said it before on this podcast, and I will say it again. Damn it, we need more movies like that. So uh, you know, again, props to to Blumhouse, uh, who was uh, uh, the company behind it. Um, you know. Keep it up, keep it up, guys, because uh, you know these are the kind of movies uh, you know that I certainly want to see, and I think there is there's an audience for it as well. Uh, this is this is an age where you know you can have your your big IP product, but you can also have these smaller, um, uh, more uh, intimate movies uh, with character and and real uh, real depth and story. And the Black Phone, despite being a despite being a horror movie. Uh, has all of that and then some. So with that, my recent uh, my recent outings uh, outing to the theater. Uh, three three honestly though honestly just phenomenal movies. Uh, definitely go check them out if you have not done so already. Uh, they will be worth uh, they will be worth the uh, two hours uh, two and a half hours or so um, that you go to the theater because they, they are you know this is this is a great time. Great time for movies, uh, and let's hope it continues. So, with that, um, I think I've, uh, I think I've, I've had all, I've said all I have to say at the moment. So, I will, uh, I will uh, say uh, farewell for now. Um, if you have not done so, you can, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at PhilCastMovies. Uh, that's my personal handle. You can also follow uh, the page for this uh, podcast at Phil with the Movies. Uh, I'm also on Instagram. Uh, with that handle as well, uh, hit me up. Uh, let me know what your thoughts are on these movies: Elvis, Thor, Love and Thunder, The Black Phone, or frankly anything that you've seen lately. Uh, if I have not mentioned it, uh, what else have you seen at the movies? There's certainly a lot playing right now, and a lot more on the way. Uh, to tie it all together, 2022, damn good year for movies, and uh, frankly, it's going to only continue. Uh, over the next few months. So with that, uh, I will sign off. I want to thank you as always for tuning in. I'll be back in two weeks with another episode. Until then, uh, everyone uh, be well, stay safe, and uh, go check out some movies. Take care, guys.